Welcome to Awaken to Grace. Today we're in part two of our current sermon called The King's Prison. This is such a special part of our study on the life of Joseph and the providence of God in his life. Well, today's sermon is incredibly uh, personal to me because as so many of our listeners know, I'm in a season of blindness. Um, I have been blind for uh, at least a year at the time of this recording, and since I have been blind, it has felt as though I am in a place that I would call, as the Bible calls it, the king's prison. The king's prison is a place where life doesn't seem fair, and worse, sometimes God doesn't seem fair. So what do you do when you've tried to live right and you've tried to honor the Lord, but yet it seems as though God is being unfair. Well, that, my friends, is called the King's Prison. Today is part two of this sermon. If you missed part one, I encourage you to go back on our free mobile app, Awakened to Grace, and listen to part one. I hope that you'll consider sharing today's sermon with a friend who is in the King's Prison. bright sunny day in Egypt but you're down in the pit in prison and Joseph's walked in and says fellas what's wrong with you how come you look sad Joseph should have been angry he should have felt jaded Joseph certainly had the right to be cranky and Joseph should have been all consumed in him But you know what the principle is? I want you to hear me today. Here's the principle. When you suffer biblically, when you suffer well in life, you won't be all wrapped up in you. You'll notice others around you. You'll serve others around you. Do you see that, what Joseph's doing? Guys, what's wrong with you? Today's the day that the Lord has made. Why are you sad? Hello, Joseph. You're in the king's prison. I know, but it's a good day because the Lord is with me. Do you have that kind of attitude in life? Does your faith shape your attitude? Because do you know where your actions stem from? Your attitude. Does your faith shape and mold the attitude you have in life in your present Suffering? It did Joseph. And so, <laughs> this is great. He, here he is in prison. He's asking other guys, what's wrong with you? Why are you sad? It makes me think of a wonderful quote by Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor was a phenomenal missionary in the late 1800s. He died in 1905. And if you're wondering, huh, I wonder if that's where Chad named Hudson after. It sure is. Hudson Taylor. I have two framed portraits in my office, David Livingston and Hudson Taylor. And Hudson Taylor has this massive long beard and David Livingston has this beautiful Irish mustache. And people walk in my office and they'll say, huh, is that your grandparents? (laughs) I always point to Hudson Taylor and say, yeah, that is my grandmother. Beautiful beard, isn't it? Oh boy, Hudson Taylor, what an outlook on life. 
And Hudson Taylor once said, the will of God is not really necessarily for me to know, it's really more so for the Lord to consider. Listen to what he said. Because if the Lord leads me into a good and kind place, I need the grace of God. And if the Lord chooses to lead me into a difficulty, then his grace is sufficient. Isn't that a beautiful way to see life? If I'm blessed, I need the grace of God. And if I'm in difficulty, I need the grace of God. So what does it matter which I'm in? Either way, I live by the grace of God. Amen? That's the right perspective. So Joseph is here. He's willing to serve these guys. And I'm not going to go into all of the detail of their dreams. You can read that on your own. And I encourage you to do that because it's fascinating. The cupbearer is going to have a very favorable dream. And Joseph's going to tell him by the spirit of the Lord, you're you're going to get your job back. The chief baker had a very unfavorable dream and he lost his life. But these guys are sad and Joseph says, well, why are you sad? And they say, well, we both had a dream last night and there's no one to interpret. What an assumption on their part. There's there's no one here to help us. You, You know why I think they said that is because they're used to they're used to Pharaoh's house. They have the, the chief magicians. And that word magicians isn't like card tricks. That word magician means those who figured out the stars and those who looked into, is basically sorcery is what it is, divination. And the wisest of the wise was there in Pharaoh's house. And they go, well, there's no one here to interpret the dream. And Joseph says, well, actually, I, I interpret dreams by the grace of God. God. God will give you the answer. Do, do you know what the point is, my friends? I want you to listen to this. Joseph could have neglected his spiritual gift in the king's prison. You see, that's where God wanted to use it. Because you're going through something difficult right now, have you stopped serving the Lord? Because things are not ideal for you right now, have you backed off on God? Because maybe you're not where you want to be financially or you're not where you want to be in your health or perhaps your marriage right now is in trouble or right now you're dealing with difficult children or right now you're in a job change or a career change or right now things maybe feel topsy-turvy and because of that you're just going you know what when I get through whatever this is then I'll get serious with God that's the wrong perspective my friend God wants to use your giftings now God wants to use you in the midst of what you're facing now, not later. It's part of his plan. And thank God that Joseph did not lose sight of his giftings. He didn't throw his hand up and go, you know what? God wants me to interpret another dream. Then let him get me out of prison and then I'll do it. Wouldn't that have been a terrible attitude? And I believe that some of you, perhaps, you may not be saying it with your lips, but really the attitude of your heart is, God, do you want me to do something for you? Then fix my life. 
God, do you want me to serve you? Then give me more time. Then give me a better job. Then get me out of this mess. Then change my circumstance. God, do you want me to, you want me to go back and do that? God, then you change this and then I'll consider it. No, no, no. Let me tell you, my friend, you'll be in the king's prison for a mighty, mighty long time. So Joseph tells the cupbearer, in three days, you'll have your job back. You'll be handing the cup to Pharaoh. And Joseph says something so interesting. Joseph says, when you're before Pharaoh, will you remember me? Will you tell him that I'm a Hebrew and I was ripped from my father? I was carried down here against my will. I was falsely accused and now I'm in prison and will you plead my case and help release me? Do you know what I see in that church? Listen, I don't think that when you and I find ourselves in the king's prison, when we're in unfair circumstances in life, I don't think it means that we're fake and we go, you know what, I'm okay. That's not being fake. I think it's okay to want God to change your situation. Don't feel unspiritual because you want God to change things. Do you think I want the Lord to open my eyes? Oh, absolutely. See, there's a lesson I'm learning in the king's prison. More than I want God to change my circumstance, more than I desire that, I'm beginning to desire more so that he change me. What are you learning in the king's prison? You're not unspiritual because you want your situation to change. What's unspiritual is if you throw a temper tantrum in the prison because you're there in the first place. What do you do when life's unfair? Uh, bigger question. What do you do when God is unfair? Well, you know what you do? You submit to the king's prison because what God wants to do in this chapter of your life is going to set up the rest of your story. And that's what I learned the most from Joseph's life. His life are chapters. And right now you may be in a chapter of hurt. You may be in a chapter of pain. You may be in a chapter of loss. You may be in a chapter of despair. You may be in a chapter of suffering, but my friend, it is not the entire book. It's a chapter. Amen? And Joseph says, remember me. Well, he didn't. We'll see next week in chapter 41 that two whole years passed before the cupbearer remembered him. And this is going to be my last point today. He, Joseph had the ability to sense God with him. Do you... Do you believe that God's with you today? Are you not only looking backward and seeing God's hand, are you looking today for God's hand because he's not left you where you are? God is with you. And Joseph had the ability to recognize, to sense God's presence. Joseph had the ability to Notice others. He had the ability to look beyond fairness. He looked beyond himself. He looked beyond life circumstances. He looked beyond the unfairness of others like Potiphar's wife. He looked beyond all of that and he looked 
directly to the divine sovereign hand of God. Do you have that ability to say, I didn't lose that job because of a boss. I didn't, I didn't uh, lose this or that, or you could fill the, in the blank with a hundred different things. I didn't lose that by chance. God's brought me to the place where I am. Do you notice others? Joseph had the ability to notice others in the midst of his suffering. He had the ability to use his gifts in the midst of his suffering. Are you serving God right now in the midst of what you're doing? I'll be honest with you. One of the things that that shocks me is people I hadn't seen in a long time, they'll They'll come up to, oh, I can't see them now, so it makes no difference. But people I hadn't seen in a long time, they'll come up and they'll say, they'll say, they'll say, now, Chad, are you still preaching? What else would I be doing? Chad, are you still pastoring? What do you think I'm, what else would I do? Whatever you're suffering today, let me ask, are you still serving God? Because it shouldn't matter and it shouldn't change. The last thing I want you to see in this text, so so, uh, we don't know any timeline on Joseph's life. Here's the only thing we know. At age 17, he sold into Egypt. At age 30, he stands before Pharaoh and becomes prime minister. And then he dies at age 110. That's the only time frame we're given. What we don't know is how long he was at Potiphar's house and how long he was in prison. Now see, the Bible is going to tell us in the next chapter, he was there two whole years after the cupbearer was released. But how long was he there before? We don't know. What's the point? Some of you are more called up in the timing. You're more called up. When's this going to change? When's God going to get me out of this? When are things going to be different? When's God going to intervene? And you're just this ball of frustration. Well, let me tell you, friends, God has his timing. Adrian Rogers said, God's not as interested in time as he is timing. And God has his timing. But let me tell you what the Bible says, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. God's ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are far above our thoughts. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And he'll direct your steps. He'll make straight your paths. But see, in our culture, and you know this, in our Western American culture, we, we want everything to fit nice, don't we? We love our calendars. We like for all of our squares to line up and everything fits real nice. And I got to have this scheduled and that scheduled and this. And, and I want it to make sense. And I want to know the beginning and I want to know the ending. Are we not that way? And we begin to get antsy with God. And we're saying, God, I know I'm here by design. I know I'm here on purpose. I know I'm in the king's prison. But when is it going to change? And God is silent. But just because he's silent 
doesn't mean he's not with you, Joseph. And today, if you're this ball of frustration because you're saying, when are things going to change? Don't worry about that. That's not for you to know. That's not walking by faith. That's walking by sight. And if you really want to walk by faith today, then understand the timing is not for you to know. What's for you to know? God, I'm not worried about when you're going to change things. Oh, God, change me. Change me. Change me. From the inside out, change me. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed today, What's God doing in your life? What's he doing? Has he brought you to the king's prison? Are you in a place of suffering right now? Are you in a place of waiting? Are you in a place where it's unfair? Well, let me tell you the truth. Fairness has nothing to do with it. God wants you in a place of faith. And he'll do what he must to grow your faith. And I'm telling you right now, by the authority of God's word, where God wants you to be in the future, you got to go through the king's prison. <laughs> There's no way. Listen, you're not going to be ready. You're not going to be prepared. You're not going to be used. God's not going to get his glory unless you go through the king's prison. So stop despising it. Stop getting angry at God. Stop getting mad at life. Stop pointing your fingers at other people and saying, you caused this and you caused... No, my friend, God has caused it for a great purpose. And he's not going to leave you there. He's not going to leave you there. Today, if you need to come and pray, if you need to give your circumstance to God, if you need to come and submit... And say, God, I submit under the mighty hand of God. I don't know when things are going to change, but I come today to this altar and I'm asking God, change me, Lord. Change me today. And after you've changed me, then you're welcome to change my circumstance. And even if you don't, it doesn't matter because you've changed me. If you need to come, you come right now. People will come pray with you. You come right now. If you need to just submit and say, Lord, I will go through the king's prison. I will, Lord. I'll stop despising my circumstance. I'll stop despising where I am in life. And I will submit myself for as long as it takes, Lord. For as long as it takes. And I yield to the king's prison. I'm not in just some ordinary place in life right now. I'm not at the mercy of just whatever happens. I'm not at the mercy of crazy events. It's the providential, sovereign hand of God that's on my life. And if you choose this hardship, then I go through it with joy. If you choose this suffering, then I submit with joy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, we yield ourselves to you, God. It's the king's prison. Lord, before you bring us to the palace, you've got to take us through the prison. Before you promote us, before you elevate us, before you trust us, we have to use our gifts in the king's prison. We have to be joyful. How can we be joyful in the palace if we don't learn to be joyful in the king's prison? 
How can we know you're with us in the palace if you're not with us in the prison and if we despise that? So God, teach us how to handle suffering. Teach us how to handle disappointments. Teach us how to handle sorrow as your people, God. To say it doesn't matter what happens to me. I want the glory of God. If my life will glorify God, that's all I want. That's all I want. I will walk by faith and not by sight in the king's prison. I don't know when things will change. I don't know when favor is going to come. I don't know when I'm going to be released. I don't know when circumstances will be different. I don't know, but it's not for me to know. What's for me to know is that the Lord right now is with me. That's what I need to know. That's what I need to know. The Lord is with me. And if the Lord is with me, then that's all that matters. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody you know in a king's prison today, why don't you pray for them? God, give them strength. God, give them hope. Help them, Lord. Help them in the midst of their adversity. Hallelujah. And God, may we be like King David in Psalm 119. May we ultimately be able to say, it is good that the Lord has afflicted me that I might learn his statutes. Change me, oh Lord. Change me. Change me. Teach me, Lord, that contentment with godliness is great gain. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, you're not going to leave Joseph in prison. We're going to leave him there this week. But when we come back next week, (laughs) there's a new robe awaiting him. There's a gold chain about to go on his neck. And the gold signet ring of Pharaoh himself is about to be in the, on that finger that was bound in chains. Oh, what a turnaround. But teach us, Lord, it's the preparing of a man that you're the most interested in. Prepare me, Lord. Prepare our people. Prepare our families. Prepare our marriages. And the sufferings that you appoint and the sufferings that you ordain, we don't despise them, Lord. We count them as joy in Jesus' name. And until you change our circumstance, keep changing us. Until you get absolute glory, absolute honor, and absolute praise out of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to hear more great content, you can always download our free mobile app, Awaken to Grace, where you can request prayer, find sermons, articles, blogs, music, podcasts, as well as support us financially. You can also visit either of our websites at www.preachingchristchurch.com or www.awakentograce.com for more information about our church or our resource ministry. Thank you for listening to Awaken to Grace. 